welcome to episode number 49 of the ETPHD team podcast with myself and Anna. Hi Anna, how are you? Hello, I am good, thank you. How are you? I am also good, thank you. I'm actually sweating. It's 21 degrees this evening. I can't believe it. It, I woke up and there was sun in the sky and it's like forever (laughs) since I've seen it. (laughs) It's so good, isn't it? Although it does make you realise just how awful all of your clothes are and how grey everything is when it's supposed to be black and how grey everything is when it's supposed to be white and how nothing really fits you and you just walk around and like I realised I've worn the same vest I think almost every single day for the last six months. Well yeah 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 I thought obviously I've moved I've been back with my mum now for eight nine weeks and I thought I'd be like oh I need to go and get some new clothes no I just live in the same clothes in the one bag I bought with me <laughs> yeah I'm glad you're the same but I like you get away with it until you realize that you're sweating and you and then you're like where's my other clothes oh I have a whole wardrobe of other clothes that I forgot I even owned so I appreciate the sun for that although maybe not for how expensive do you know what also I think coming out of lockdown it's expensive you forget all of the things that you used to have to spend money on like I don't know what I'm trying to think off the top of my head clothes coffee time coffee random bits in the shop because you walk by it yeah clothes because well nothing really fits me at the moment so I have to buy new clothes (laughs) because we don't change our bodies to fit our clothes we change our clothes to fit our bodies rules to live by until you spend far too much money in Zara and you have to change that rule (laughs) Uh, just live in leggings that's my (laughs) motto (laughs) yeah me too until it's 21 degrees and you want to be all summery and then you although that's what bodycon dresses and floaty maxi skirts are for Mm, might need to invest (laughs) (laughs) oh um so we have questions today you always have more questions than me so you can go first i do because my clients are on the ball (laughs) yeah no no offense to mine obviously (laughs) um oh do you think an individual who used to be obese but once he loses it all and focuses on building muscle that such a person's body is primed to store any additional calories as fat good question actually um so you won't have an impaired ability to lose muscle. So actually, when you lose body weight, if you are overweight or obese, as you get leaner, you get become more insulin sensitive and you exercise and things that improves your insulin sensitivity. And um, also like your muscle building potential is is good when you're when you've lost that weight. So your ability to lose to gain muscle if you eat an isocaloric diet, so the same amount of calories and you are previously obese and versus not previously obese if you both eat the same amount of calories and your bmr is roughly the same then it's not going to impact things um, in terms of your muscle building and therefore your fat gain because the surplus is the same however your fat cells are set when you're younger and so what happens is if you um if you lose weight, you don't lose those fat cells. They you empty those fat cells, and so then when you you if you regain the weight again, you refill those fat cells. And I think that if this person's been done any sort of reading, maybe that's that's where that's come from. But it doesn't mean that you will automatically deposit those like fat into those fat cells before you do anything else. So it won't doesn't change in that sense. But your fat cells are almost it is changeable, but 
not hugely changeable from when you're like younger in your younger years um and so i imagine that's maybe where that concept has come from a little bit but obviously if you're in the same amount of surplus you can't store more fat does that make sense yeah yeah no it does <laughs> do you know what actually complete side note to this when you do you say often does that make sense or do you know what i mean uh depends who i'm talking to <laughs> like do you ever do you see it in like updates and stuff yeah yeah so I'll say does that make sense to clients and no i was gonna say you but i think, I think we're too, <laughs> too relaxed now that i'll be like yeah. get me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i just know um well because i was reading i was reading some like women in business thing and it was the same it's along the same ideas of how we often apologize so if we're sending an email we might say hi sorry to bother you and it's a and the the I don't know if I was reading something or I was listening to podcasts anyway the idea is that often as women we apologize for things when like you've got no reason to apologize for sending an email so it's about deleting that and it's about we often try and um set we often second guess ourselves or just apologize for even just existing in these types of environments and the idea the thing that I was listening listening to when they were talking about do you know what I mean it's like as women often we say do you know what I mean because we just have this inherent need to question ourselves either internally or we don't want to come across overly confident so we throw in do you know what I mean as sort of like a disclaimer that says I'm not totally confident or uh, as some sort of reassurance to ourselves that we've covered our bases just in case we're wrong because we've got that inherent like lack of confidence or self-worth so Mm -hmm. I say it like do you know what I mean and then and I say it sometimes in updates and clients if you're listening to this if I say it to you then pull me up on it because I'll type it and then I'll say of course they know like of course that makes sense I know what I'm talking about you know what you're talking about you've just talked about something you're really familiar with of course it makes sense if it doesn't make sense and someone will say you're talking you're talking rubbish that doesn't make sense that just highlights our either our insecurity or our the way that we want to be portrayed or the way that we think we should be portrayed so if anyone is listening to this who's a woman who does says do you know what i mean or like sorry for sending you an email or whatever it is or sorry i can't do that that day i'm busy i'm not really sorry i can't do that day i actually can't do that day let's think of another day um call yourself out on it because it's the patriarchy bro <laughs> I'm just fine but gonna go and reassess a lot of things right now yeah I'm not trying to make you feel bad about yourself right now but you know feel bad for saying that <laughs> um okay I had four eating out events this week, which stressed me out about what I was going to eat. So stupidly, it's affected me eating all week. I know that if I had just gone out and relaxed about it, I wouldn't have eaten so much the rest of the time. How do I stop stressing about eating out? So obviously we've covered this sort of thing in earlier podcasts, but I suppose from a more general point of view um, that we haven't really covered is how do you stop it affecting you in terms of maybe before if you're feeling anxious or if it's like a lot of times in a row how do you get up and move on like obviously we say get up and move on starting your day but how do you actually 
Like what kind of things would you think about to get into that headspace? Um, if you're eating each meal out mindfully, then it's not really going to impact goal. Regardless of your goal, it's not really going to impact things because if you're eating mindfully, you're going to stop when you when you're satisfied. Um, what would I do to help with anxious feelings? Um, I think we've both done posts on this and like checking in on values and what, what's most important to you right now. Mm. And I think we said maybe last week, it's been so long here that we haven't been able to have meals out that, like, I don't know about you, but the appreciation just to be able to go out and have something cooked for me is <laughs> it's not yeah. worn off yet and not do the dishes yeah exactly Enjoy. exactly so yeah. like, reminding yourself of those kind of things and if you are um dieting right now being a bit mindful of your intake during the day and maybe if you know you're eating out frequently um through the week checking in what meals, what places are you really going to want to enjoy your choices? Are you going to make more considered choices somewhere else? That sort of thing. Yeah, I agree. So this specific, in this specific case, she's working on her relationship with food and we're very new to starting. We've only been working together a couple of weeks-ish. Um, so it, to avoid overeating, like in, if to, to avoid overeating with eating out regularly if you're in this space of trying to improve your relationship with food the best thing you can do is when we talk about this all the time although maybe not recently but is practice to practice food neutrality and like what you said at the very beginning it's about recognizing that the food on your plate in a restaurant is the same food on your plate that you would cook at home it's the same food on your plate that you would prep and put in a tupperware it's just like it's the same food it's not immediately got going to do something different to your body than something else it's not a bad thing to do to eat out and it's like we have just internalized this idea that like do you know when so diet culture five years ago was all about this is exactly what's in your meal out like you think that you're just having a salad but actually you're having 1500 calories do you remember that one from pizza hut or pizza express or something yeah yeah and like it was like more than a pizza um but we completely internalized those messages and we needed to hear those to some degree but for people who have um disordered eating habits in some way often we have internalized those to so much of an extent that we've kind of flipped it on its head and now obviously we're just scared of eating anything at all but taking a step back and realizing it's just food and like you said if you eat to hunger and satiety which is this person's goal for every meal then there's no difference eating to full hunger and satiety from a meal out than there is eating a meal at home and you may eat a little bit less in the meal out because maybe it's got more oil in it for example it might it might not um and that's and that's fine. You just say, "Great, I've I've done what I need to do because my goal for each meal is to eat to full satiety. It's not about your goal for each meal is not to eat a certain amount of food, like a certain portion. It's about eating to full satiety, and you can do that wherever you eat and whatever meal you eat. Um, I think you know focusing on a meal out on pro a protein source, for example, is a good way to kind of just feel more at ease because a it's more satiating, but b it helps you it's kind of what you would do at home but that being said 
you know, I was speaking to a client the other day, we were talking about when you go out for dinner, how often do you order what you want versus how much you order what, how often do you order what you should have? And that balance often is really off with us. I say us collectively where we go out for dinner and we think, well, that's probably closest to what I'd have at home. So I probably should just have that. Like when actual fact, if you just said, oh, do you know what? I never get to eat. I'm trying to think of something that I would never cook. Salmon. I, I wouldn't eat that at a restaurant either, but let's just go with that. <laughs> like, I'll never get to eat salmon because I'm not very good at cooking it. I really would like to, tr- to have that tonight, then have that instead. And a lot of our issues with eating out comes from not actually just giving ourselves what we want. We have what we should have, we should want. Then we're preoccupied because we think, well, I wish I had that. That increases our preoccupation. It makes us keep thinking about the fact that we've eaten out, which then continues to make us feel bad. Um yeah (laughs) (laughs) nothing further I could add to that (laughs) (laughs) how do you overcome feeling self-conscious either going on holiday and wearing less clothes than you usually would or if and when English weather starts to change (laughs) (laughs) today and maybe um how do you stop feeling self-conscious I think old me would have said no one cares what you look like um because a lot of people are not looking at you the majority of people genuinely don't care what you look like I would say 99% of people don't care what you look like that's first thing the the person who cares what you look like is you um and it's not really about what other people think it's about how you feel about yourself but you're you ideally you want to find all the places that you can find your self-confidence away from your body so that when your body fluctuates your self-confidence and your self-worth remains the same because there will be times for example that I don't particularly think if it's like okay so it's getting to summer now and I'm like oh um like that's completely normal to think oh like it's been conditioned into us to think more oh, body looks a little bit different but if you know your worth as a person who you are, what you have to offer, how amazing you are, like the connections that you have, the social skills that you have, then you're worth, like you're less likely to feel um, like to lack confidence when your body changes. Um, I think as well, make sure you buy clothes that you like and buy clothes that fit, that make you feel good. Um, You know, often, often you can buy like bikinis and stuff that, either are maybe like on the cheaper side which is obviously fine but or like just ones that you just kind of you don't think you're worth spending money on or you don't think that you're worth going on a shopping trip even not even spend lots of money but just to get something new um or maybe it's because you think well I want to lose weight say so I'm not going to buy anything for this body shape like buy the clothes for your body shape it makes such a difference to how you feel um to actually wear clothes that properly fit you um and then think about like the stuff that we talk about quite regularly like what do some journal journaling on it and say like what is my what thoughts are going through my head right now so say for example it's to do with your body and you think "Mm, that person like when I wore shorts yesterday I saw that person in the street and they looked like they were looking at my legs when they walked past clearly it's because my legs are like shouldn't be in shorts as an example um like write that down and write down the cycle of like how that thought made you think how that thought made you feel and how that thought made you act so for example it might you might have thought um 
like I don't, I've got too much cellulite on my legs. I feel um, ugly and unworthy. So my actions are going to be to emotionally eat tonight. Like kind of a kind of a rough example. And then say, right, well, what are my what are the alternatives from that situation? So alternative might be the person was staring at my legs because that they were like, I want hard tanned legs. Or the person was literally in a daydream and we're staring down and it just so happened that I walked past. Write down all the alternatives for that type of situation and how that would then impact your um, thoughts and your feelings and your actions. So your thoughts would be, okay, great, I can keep on wearing my shorts. And your feelings would be pretty neutral and you'd go ahead and keep wearing your shorts. And I know like this is kind of like a retrospective thing, but you can do it prospectively too, in the sense of your thought about going to the beach and wearing a bikini is that you're go- people are going to look at you. Well, how is that going to play out? What would the bit like what alternative beliefs could you have here? And how would that impact your thoughts and your feelings and your actions? And it's I think we have to be accountable to again, we say this a lot, but you have to be accountable for what you're telling yourself. And it's so easy to fall into a cycle of telling yourself the worst case scenario. And then but the only like the only time that's happening is in your head. So if you can say, right, I'm going to actively choose to not think about this scenario, I'm actively going to think about the other cases like that could happen think how much lighter you'll feel and how much your actions will change as a result and like we all do it I tend to do it less about my body and more about like life stuff like stupid things I've said to a man or like not see my family enough or anything that I'm like oh I've not done that properly um and then I realize when I go to bed like I feel like oh my god I'm saying this so many times it's going to come true I think like have you ever heard that saying it's like worrying is like worrying is like praying for what you don't want I've not heard that one no (laughs) I got I heard it or read it somewhere probably on Instagram let's be honest years and years ago and then it just stuck with me and I just started to think every time I play these scenarios over my head worst case scenarios this is me like praying for it to happen because if we believe in okay we don't believe in manifesting but we believe in like positive thought and like acting in line with these positive thoughts right to try and create change but if we believe that then we also have to believe that the more we think these negative things these things are going to happen so it's like what are we doing if we're like we're literally asking for these things to happen this is not a scientific thing but (laughs) I remember reading that just thinking oh god (laughs) <laughs> I need to stop because it's going to come true if I keep thinking about it and now it's a bit of a irrational fear it was just probably not healthy but like if I have a dream about I had a dream the other night and I, it was horrific and I said to my friend I'm not even going to tell you what it is because it was so bad but one of the reasons was because I didn't want to see it in case it came true <laughs> <laughs> the, the full moon energy <laughs> well I did my full moon meditation yesterday and then didn't have a dodgy dream after two nights in a row of really awful dreams yeah yeah I, honestly you know before I was like full moon is a load of bs and I'm like no 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 that's why I'm not sleeping and crazy and <laughs> yeah no science to this but this is just what we feel yeah uh, no I like all the thought work though behind it but I think it's so true in wearing something that you're comfortable in because then you're not distracted by those thoughts you're able to be more present and in the moment so much like I have a hernia and if I wear really tight clothes you can see it and I used to have two and I would wear bikinis that I liked on the shelf but I knew that you could see my hernias and the whole time I would be like 
people are going to be looking at my hernias people are going to be looking at them and they were they were ginormous before one of them's still quite big now but they were like golf balls like basically just above my like my pelvis and it was it was horrible but then if I just wore a bikini that had I used to then start buying little bikinis with like tiny little frills on them so you couldn't see them and then I forgot that they were there and nobody was (laughs) even though you probably could still see them but it's just about like if you if you're anything's triggering it if you can feel it if it's cutting into you or anything you just can't stop thinking about it yeah absolutely What's the worst advice you've heard given to clients? Not from you guys, obviously. Thanks. God, where where do do we begin? (laughs) Let's try and not make them all about the same thing that we see regularly. Um, Fasted cardio, regular meals to to keep your metabolism up and fat burning. Mm, That's a classic, isn't it? We got one on EIQ today that yesterday that was, what was it? something about only eating red fruit. Oh, what was the reason behind it? Basically, the only color of fruit that this person could eat was red. Mm. It's something to do with fat loss. I don't even know the rationale behind. Oh, it. I was only able to eat green veg. Wow. Oh God. Uh, oh God. That's that's not great. What else? No, off season was a treat because I could have like red and yellow peppers. I was like, oh amazing. That's flexible diet and bro. God. Oh God. Um, I mean the classic ones, obviously. I've seen a prep coach say, like, if you're binge eating, you don't have enough willpower. Like, I mean, that's that's an exceptionally bad piece of advice, but I'm sure we've repeated that multiple times um what else prep I know a prep coach who used to make every single one of her clients go keto that was also particularly bad um who a lot of them developed binge eating as a result a lot of them I've worked with um and they all had to go keto that was that's pretty bad I think the worst about stuff is the stuff that actually causes harm isn't it as opposed to like like fasted cardio it's just like ridiculous that you think that you have to do that but I think it doesn't huge like it doesn't cause a lot of harm in general it might for some people but the ones that are like harm and I suppose those are the ones that are like you completely cut out food groups or colors or vegetables or fruit are pretty bad um I had one that was really stupid and I can't remember what it was oh boy no I mean there's there, like I think it's gone away but it hasn't like it's no, no. it's it's what it is it's mostly still prep because I think people don't realize that you can still eat quite a flexible diet and get stage lean and not do hours of cardio I mean yes you might have to do a, a decent amount of cardio depending on your body but it doesn't need to be non-stop sat on a bike Oh, yeah do you know I did that today I did actual intervals on a bike today um, why <laughs> because I got my jack the other day my covid vaccine and I don't like my top of my arm's still a bit dead and I don't really I could probably train up her but it gives me a bit of the heebie-jeebies and I was doing an assignment and I needed to get out and move my body and I was like I'm just going to go and do like an interval session on the bike I was like a strawberry for about an hour. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I quite, I quite enjoyed it though. I don't think 
I've ever fancied doing intervals ever. Oh, you normally fancy some awful things too. <laughs> or maybe yeah. awful people. <laughs> well, yeah. No. Can't I was really. going to say I got the I got the option to sub out split squats and I kept them in. Oh wow! Hey, I just added them into my programming. Maybe you inspired me. Well, I got the option because apparently I keep moaning about them. I'm like, oh, I get them done and I'm seeing progress. So but then something else got swapped out that I was quite happy with for, what was it? Cossack squats. I know, nobody wants to do those. No, I did make them, people do them in lockdown though. Exactly, exactly. They are definitely a lockdown move. As our split squats, <laughs> they are actually. I did them on the Swift machine just to try and make me not feel like I'm training at home. Uh, I just think Dan hates me. <laughs> he does. He told me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, at least I've got confirmation now. <laughs> you're not going crazy. Um, yeah. If I think about the worst thing, I will. Um, I will. I'm actually. I feel Maybe like that will be a thread in the group. Oh yeah, anyone that's got worse pieces of advice, get them in the group because I can't I, wait. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I am definitely keen to hear some. Um okay, your question, right? Oh, is it? Um, how long before you become deficient in nutrients, i.e., if you have a day of eating beige food, will you already be deficient in vitamin C, for example? Oh bloody hope not. <laughs> we are both screwed. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I had, sal- I had a salad for dinner tonight. I saw, I saw. It was a ginormous bowl with peanut. It was good. It was peanuts and halloumi and like Caesar dressing. I mean, it was delicious, but I still had a salad. Watch <laughs> Um, How long? There's no definitive time. You're not going to be deficient. Your body doesn't work on a 24-hour clock. And it's different for different vitamins and minerals. Like we have fat-soluble vitamins and and water-soluble. And so water-soluble ones you don't store in your body. Um, So you just pee them out like vitamin C. Um, That's it, we'll get there. there. Um, But other other vitamins are um, fat-soluble. So they actually get stored in your body. So you're less likely to, like they have a much slower turnover rate. there isn't a definitive time you would have to be so like like for example if someone is dieting over like three months and they're consistently not eating any colored vegetables then potentially they are going to (laughs) (laughs) what's i mentioned here ultimately like potentially over time if you're only in like the same foods you're going to be deficient over three months probably in certain vitamins and minerals but over like a week no and also remember it's okay to it's okay to have no vitamin c for a week and then have it like it's not yes you want to incorporate it most days into your diet especially water-soluble vitamins but um yeah there's no like definitive time yeah <laughs> again i was thinking is there anything i want to add on that no ultimately unless you're dieting or you're restricting your food variety i wouldn't be concerned about deficiencies unless you are vegan in which case then there are potential deficiencies there so yeah that's probably a clearer answer any ideas for imperfect actions 
So background is um, this is an Anna thing that she taught me um, as one way to start to remove the perfection, the need for perfection and the, yeah, and the need for, and we, we use it as well. Like I use, I use it with my clients if they feel they need to be perfect or control everything, etc. And the, so what we do is, again, this is Anna's, we introduce like an, uh, the encouragement of imperfect action so we're going to talk about ideas for that and just so that people get comfortable with doing things quote unquote wrong or imperfectly so they get comfortable with that and know that nothing actually changes when they do it did I explain that properly yeah 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 Um, so what are your ideas for imperfect actions um being late for friends not doing the washing up until I can be bothered (laughs) um like changes in routine as well so obviously I think routine is a big one so just switching things up Mm -hmm. um in that sense yeah getting up late yeah yeah um not hitting your step count for the day even if it's like say your step count is I don't know six thousand and you aim for like five thousand five hundred and ninety five um what else would you do watching half of an episode on netflix oh i know i mean that that happens a lot anyway because i fall asleep (laughs) (laughs) right grandma mostly the old one um yeah i mean that that's how i've how i've started doing things Mm -hmm. um not texting people back or emailing oh, people back. Yes. Away. You are, I am, we are both excellent at the texting back. <laughs> 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 or texting back. Well, it's so true that that mean that it's either like you get a reply instantly or it's about three to five business yeah. days. <laughs> I'm like, mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I scroll, for, like when a client messages me, I'm like, right, a client says to me, I'll, I'll reply, like, as soon as I can, but then if, say, like, you messaged me yesterday, and it, I must have, I don't know what I was doing, but I must have just noticed it come up, and then I just completely forgot, and then today I thought, I need to message Anna, and I thought, oh, I've got a message from her, no idea when you even sent it, it's not great, so yeah, there's some, like, it's just anything that makes you, I think it's a good indicator if it makes you feel a little bit nervous. Yeah, I was gonna say, if it makes you feel a bit anxious, yeah, then do it. yeah. Well, that depends what it is. If you feel anxious about making a really bad decision in your life, then don't do that. <laughs> we are not encouraging bad decisions. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and swiftly moving on. Um, I have a spa weekend away with old uni friends who I haven't seen in a year thanks to COVID. I'm so excited to see them, but also a little uneasy around the thought of drinking alcohol. I haven't actually had a drink since 2019, was never a big drinker, only drank socially, but now I know that drinking will be quite a big part of the weekend. Always experienced really bad anxiety and feelings of guilt the day after drinking and just don't think that it aligns with my values anymore. But then I also think this stems from a fear of empty calories. Do you have any journal prompts or questions to help me decipher whether I am just worried about a very calorific weekend or if I genuinely don't want to drink because of my values what a fantastic question and highlights some really good reflection already like self-reflection already um hmm. Hmm. 
you know really basic like basic basic write down the pros like write down a pros and cons list I feel like these are long forgotten in our journal journaling like depths but sometimes the pros and cons list is is a really good like kind of surface level insight into like making a decision so I would I would firstly recommend doing that um and that will highlight if like the first con that comes up for you is calories then it's like okay so it probably wasn't about the anxiety and feelings um I would try and think I would maybe try and take a step back and rather than thinking about the reasoning behind not wanting to do it actually think about a whole like take take a much more overall approach to it and say like well regardless of my reasoning why how will it feel if I go and have a few drinks with my friends how will it feel if I don't do that regardless of your reason behind it um because if the idea of just drinking in general with your friends is not like great for you then it doesn't really matter why but I would say like I would start your journaling there once you've done your pros and cons list like ask yourself like how do I feel about just having a, like having a drink with my friends like what are the wins there what are the potential like risk rewards of that situation and then delve a little bit deeper into the answers that you have so for example it might be that you say like the story that I'm telling myself is that I'm not drinking because of um the anxiety but the reality is and then just see what comes up because the reality is that might be true and that's fine but if you're in the journal setting where you've sat down and you are genuinely thinking about it like just ask yourself like the reality is you can only really be super honest in your journal um and I don't obviously don't know which way that's going to go um should you not drink because of the empty calories I don't think that that's a reason not to drink that being said if you are you know if you are dieting and that's your main focus then that might be something that you want to do but if you are trying to take a much more holistic approach and a healthier approach overall then I would say it like you could have a couple of glasses of wine and actually the calorie content is not going to be it take care of a deficit so keeping that in mind as well and remembering that just because like with food just because you're drinking doesn't mean you're drinking 2000 calories it, it, like you can drink a couple of glasses of wine and and that's fine yeah I think that's that's the thing as well you're in charge of your decisions so just because your friends are going for it <laughs> doesn't mean that you have to uh, you can just have one and feel really happy and content with that one glass and know that you're not going to wake up tomorrow with a sore head or feelings of anxiety anything like that you can just go have a nice time still feel like you're including yourself in their fun time and then sit back and do your own thing as well mm. yeah I would write down like how will it feel if I don't join in because you might feel empowered because you've acted in line with what's important to you but you might feel um regretful or resentful or isolated or you might feel fresh healthy and great like it could be either of those things it could be all of those things but be just be it's just about being really honest with yourself I think about those types of things yes 
I think you nailed the journaling prompts there. <laughs> you can you can take my crown for the evening. <laughs> never get the journaling crown. I will take it. Oh, did a full moon journal the other day. And then did you see that I burnt? I did my thing that I was going to release. So if mm-hmm. anyone doesn't understand the full moon thing, it's part. You know, we don't believe in the science of astrology, but here we are. Um, it's a good time the full moon to reflect to release anything that you've been holding on to. Um, and kind of when and then when you get a new moon it's a good time to set intentions and focus about focus on what you want to focus on what you want to bring into your life manifest into your life so on a full moon is like that's when I set my house on fire the last wasn't the last it was last year because it was 2020 of course I was going to set my house on fire um but so what I do on a full moon is I will do light all my candles and get all my crystals out and then I'll do a meditation like a specific full moon meditation normally I find one on Spotify because I've listened to the unplug ones so many times <laughs> so I find one on Spotify that was often they do them like full moon in Sagittarius which it was yesterday like they often do them at the time so you get like a current meditation and then I'll journal and then at full moon I'll take a piece of my journal out and I'll write down all the things that I am releasing or letting go of and then I put it in my candle and like burn it. And it's like the whole point is like, it's like a, there's something called a moon bath that apparently is meant to be really good or having a shower where you like cleanse yourself of all of the things that you got out. I would just prefer to burn things because I like the aggression. <laughs> it's how you said burn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at least this time though, like that time last year when I burnt it and the whole wall went up, I just remember thinking, that is reflective of the mood that's in that paper. That's like that was a full-on reflection. Whereas now it was just like a wee piece of paper and it's a nice aesthetic glow. The fire brigade did not need to be called. That was good. Always a bonus. Yeah. Do you do anything like that, filming? Like, do you do those things? Um occasionally burn what I write down. I do I do, I do um I do journal and then the following day set some intentions. And last night I did what was it a restorative yoga and it was very nice and I had my first crying savasana as well (laughs) your first first ever um I think so I think that's the first time yeah was it like not good things to release apparently yeah yeah that's a good sign yeah I I thought so (laughs) in my completely uneducated opinion that's great (laughs) I think it is a good sign though right because you've just like that's part of the yoga experience is letting go of those feelings that you keep in your body isn't it yeah absolutely absolutely oh you've just reminded me to I booked into I went to a hot yoga class last Saturday and it was just heaven they're so good aren't they and it makes you feel like you're better than you actually oh, are. Oh, absolutely. But there was a man next to me in the class. It was actually great. The class was probably more 60% men. It was a lovely studio. And the guy next to me was um, a, a bit older than me, very, very bendy. And I know you're not supposed to look at other people in a yoga class. And I wasn't really looking. But you know when you go from, I think if maybe it's downward dog and you go to the front of the mat and it's like step or jump to the front of your mat. So I just always take a giant lunge. And this guy next to me was doing like a full-on jump into like a handstand and then down to the front of his mat. And every time I was like, don't look, don't look, don't look. But I would just catch him at the corner of my eye and he was like soaring up to like proper vertical and coming back down. And I was like, you are just goals. 
just one day one day <laughs> one day not yet i'll just do it book it again um any advice on managing feelings of uncertainty for the future i keep trying to come back to the present and from past experience things have always worked out despite my worry yet it's still hard to let go of the fear of uncertainty I mean, you said it yourself that things always work out and worrying just takes away time and energy that could be spent on what you're doing right now mm. yeah worrying is like praying for things you don't <laughs> um I think letting go of the idea that you can control anything is really helpful like we have and I know that's really scary but we don't have control over a lot of things Yes, we can control to some degree the habits, but things can change like straight away. And we have no control over that. And that can be really unsettling, but it can also be really empowering when you think, I can't change, all I can change is the stuff that I'm doing right now. And I have to let go of everything else because I can't control literally a single other thing. I can't control other people. I can't control the future. All I can do is put one foot in front of the other and just say, right, for the next hour, this is what I'm doing. And I know that's really easier said than done, but everything is impermanent and everything is transient and all of these things, like things change all the time and things are supposed to change. Things are like uncertainty means things are changing and changing is a good thing. Like things are meant to change. Um, Even sometimes when they change and it feels horrible, um, you always get through it. Oh, you always get through it. Just, doesn't feel like it beforehand often the worry is often more than the actual event as well um it's like you fall into you know Brene Brown talks about foreboding joy the idea of waiting for the other shoe to drop so it's like even when things are going good and this client for example right now is doing amazingly with with stuff that we're doing especially um but it's like even when things are going really good you're waiting for it to go wrong because you expect it to go wrong and then you end up just throwing the joy away. You can't experience the joy because you're waiting for things to change and you're waiting for things in this case to go wrong. Um, so I think thinking about that in that sense and thinking, am I giving away my joy right now by focusing on what could go wrong or the uncertainty of the future or making the wrong decision? And if you are, it's like, but you're making an active choice right now to do that. Let's make an active choice to think in another way and be present, which this person definitely does do in general. It's like that poem, isn't it? What is it? Um, what if I fall? Oh, but what if I fly? That that type of thinking, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I find it really hard when people who are lean talk about being body positive and how <laughs> to keep <laughs> going and how to be at peace in your body. I've genuinely been every size from a 16 down to a four. So I find it really hard when people say that they understand and that we should love our bodies, all shapes and sizes when they're say eight to 10. I get that people have their own insecurities, but when I hear that I should love my body the way it is now, it just makes me feel sad. Mm -hmm. I hope it doesn't offend anyone. And I'm sorry if it has. Don't apologize for how you feel. Ever apologize for how you feel even if it did offend us, um, still don't apologise for how you feel. 
and for expressing it either because expressing how you feel is awesome so no apology um i agree and i am i was one of those people certainly in the past and maybe i am sometimes now but unintentionally and if this person sees me do it i would love for them to say you've done that because i try not to do that anymore but i have to 100 percent done it in the past um it's why i don't post pictures of like cellulite and say i've got cellulite too it's why i don't support those posts it's why i don't show you my roles whatever regardless of whether they're skin or fat or whatever i don't talk about them um i might post them but not as a highlight just as part of my body um and i think that the body positivity movement was hijacked by fitness and for example my friend who posts these things she actually came out last year and said you know i, I made a mistake i was talking about body positivity positivity but i don't talk about that now i'm going to talk about acceptance because it's not my movement to talk about and that was fantastic and i think i think it's i personally feel triggered by lean people saying love your body mind jiggles too I personally feel triggered by that and I have a good body image and I'm I, I don't know what size I am but like I'm I'm a traditionally like slim person um so I understand and I I think it's why we talk about body neutrality and we focus on like I never will say to somebody now love your body like you should love the way that your body looks I'll never say that because I don't think I think that's I do think that's potentially unachievable for people um I don't particularly love the way that my body looks all the time but like I can't I can be happy with it but I think that's a privilege I don't think that everyone gets to that point but I think that regardless of your body size you can love what your body allows you to do um flip side of that is somebody asked me before and said you know I really struggle with body neutrality because I have chronic illness and I'm not able-bodied and I was like that's absolutely fair and and I spoke to my friend about it who also has chronic illness and she said yeah I think you answered it you answered it well because you're she's right you can't say I love my body you're healthy you're happy you're, you let me do all these things if your body doesn't necessarily allow you to do those things but you still have to focus on what it does allow you to do but I'm mindful of the fact that I'm lucky um, in that sense too but I, for, I think you're allowed to feel that way and I would say unfollow anyone that does that um, or call people out for that if it's me, like I said, do. Um, because it's, I, I agree. I think it, 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 it's quite invalidating to people, I'd say, in larger bodies or in different bodies or less able-bodied. Um, I think it's invalidating for someone who is a size 10 to say you should love your body. And I think it's, I think, I think personally think it's quite, patronizing um what do you think no I completely agree I completely agree I think like you said it has the fitness industry took over the body positivity movement and it's made it something that it that it wasn't ever meant to be yeah and so there's a lot of mixed messages um and from us the sounds of it this client is fully aware of and like you said call these people out yeah get yourself blocked who cares <laughs> <laughs> we've all been there <laughs> but you can do it in a nice way though as well like you can say and you can say as a as somebody who doesn't feel this way I find I can find this quite triggering but at the same time like 
it is our responsibility to to navigate our own feeds and take people like that away that we don't like i say people accounts um yeah i think it's a i think it is a huge problem <laughs> yeah yeah i know we i think resounding agreement there then. yeah definitely and also a resounding for me at least an apology for doing that in the past because i have done that in the past and i did it from a miseducate no i did never said like body positivity but i definitely said like i've got roles or whatever i've definitely done something like that but but at the same time i remember when i used to post stuff like a couple of years ago when i was in cali i said I said something like I did a post that was kind of the opposite of that but it was like a post where I looked leaner and a post that I didn't and I was like you I said basically called people out that follow me I was like why do you need me to post this stuff but the message was completely lost and people were like thank you so much for posting that and so (laughs) I understand like I get it I get why people continue to do it because yes leaner people in leaner bodies do have body dysmorphia people in leaner bodies do have low body image and potentially as low body image as someone in a larger body it's not taking that away at all but and and and, and that's where I struggle because I think these people maybe do benefit from hearing that like people in small in smaller bodies do benefit from that but my counter argument to that is I don't think we should ever be talking about forcing yourself to love the way that your body looks I don't think we should ever be highlighting um cellulite as a flaw it's not a flaw it's a part of your body and uh so that's kind of my counter argument to that and every time you say you talk you should talk love your body for what it does but you put it up next to a picture in your bikini it's kind of like mm, that's that's still putting the emphasis on your body so it's a hard one to navigate it's hard for people to navigate it's hard for us to navigate Whoa, it's me but it, you know what i mean it's yeah funny yeah fall in line with and we're all learning we're all figuring these things out as we go oh absolutely um i'm out of questions you want to go for one more yeah yeah um at what point does a preference for healthy foods become disordered for example i have no problem having a few french fries or shared appetizer or dessert if i'm out to eat but i prefer to order a salad as my meal drink diet coke etc I guess at the core, I prefer these things as a way of watching my figure, but I also just enjoy them. Sometimes it makes me feel bad if everyone is ordering an entree and I just order a salad, like they will think that I'm dieting, but I genuinely enjoy eating healthier foods. Is this a disordered habit? How do I get this mindset that people care what I eat? So I suppose there's a couple of questions in there. It's just, it's just, I would class it as disordered eating if it makes you feel anxious, if you feel that you should have something versus if you want something, if you don't feel satisfied after it, if you are doing it like it's negatively impacting other parts of your life, then I would suggest that there's some, it's something to look at. But if you genuinely love a salad and you feel satisfied and you are nutritionally um nutritionally satisfied like day to day on the whole you're getting a sufficient nutrients so for example if you're always eating salads and diet coke etc etc are you still getting essential fats in your diet as an example if you're if you're deficient in your nutrients then i would say it's a bit of a problem um but if none of that's there and it's just 
genuinely a case of enjoyment you eat your essential fats you eat like you it's not impacting your life um you, you're satisfied you're not preoccupied with food you've got enough energy then i would then it's fine in my opinion right yeah absolutely absolutely but i think getting away from the fact that people care what you eat yeah most of the time they don't when they do though like you have to it's up to you to set the boundary to say it's not like if they're commenting then set a boundary i think and we've spoken about this many a time you know say it's okay for you to care that i'm eating well it's not okay for you to comment on what i'm eating at the dinner table simple way to do it beforehand conversation done um and have a kind of out for that if someone keeps breaking that boundary it's like i'm not going to go for dinner with you anymore simple um if it's the perception as in people are not actually doing anything and it's you perceiving ask yourself why you think that because often these types of things are messages from our bodies telling us something else like is going on do you think like do you think they're judging you because actually a you're judging them for not eating healthy um or do you think this because actually you know that maybe if they said that that maybe they're right and you are restricting um think about why that thought is there because example i never think anyone's thinking about what i'm eating at the dinner table like i don't think anyone cares what i eat at the dinner table even if they do i don't notice it because i know what i've i'm having is satisfies my hunger it's healthy well it might not be quote unquote traditionally healthy but it's what I want right it's in line with my values so the fact that you think that either is a reflection that you judge other people and that's something to work on and it's not a criticism like I've definitely definitely done that um or it's because maybe you think maybe you're a little bit triggered I would think that that maybe they're right in some way I'm not saying either of those things are true but really think about it like why it's there because ultimately it's not reality it's just the story you're telling yourself and as we said if it's a story you're telling yourself you have the power to change that story i have nothing to add you nailed that one (laughs) i love when you say that um okay excellent questions thank you everyone come on my clients pull your pull yourself together lies before we finish before we finish we got one on the Facebook group earlier and I screenshotted it. So I'm not going to forget this. Final question. I would love if you could talk about overtraining, how to know if it's happening, how to deal with training less mentally during recovery um, and how to deal with the fears around weight gain when you're having to exercise less and how to actually avoid weight gain when training less. Um. I'm not sure in this case if this is recovery from HA or not. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, If it is recovery from HA, I'm going to put the disclaimer out there. If it is recovery from HA, I really can't remember. I'm sorry. Um, If it is recovery from HA, you're probably going to have to gain weight. Most certainly are. Um, In which case, it's not about avoiding weight gain when training less. But I I don't think it is. I just put that disclaimer out there anyway, just in case it was. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts? So, how? What was the first part? How would you know if you're overtraining? Yes. So, what's your recovery like? 
Are you making progress on your lifts? How's your sleep? How are energy levels? That sort of thing. Because if, if any of those, obviously you might be a, a little bit sore after training, but if it is taking you a longer time to recover from your sessions, if energy is quite low, if you're not sleeping well, that signs that your body needs more time to, you need to back off a little bit and let your body have a little bit more time to recover. Yep. This person also does a lot of running um, and is a good runner from what I remember. Um, so things like injuries, if you're getting regular injuries, like strains, stress fractures, um, that's a sign. If your appetite regulation is off, if you are, um, all the things that you said, if you're like, you're running just feels like it's off like if you're timing yourself and you're not running to your usual standard um if your mood is crap like if you're irritable and agitated and have a low mood also potentially um all of those could be signs okay. and potentially lack of menstrual cycle too um how to deal with training less during recovery and I suppose within that, how to deal with the fears around weight gain when having to exercise less in order to recover, which I think in this case is from training as opposed to HA. Mm. Um, I mean, depending how much how much time you're going to take away from exercise, well, realistically, even if you were to take a good amount of time off from training, are you going to gain weight? If so... Is that really an issue right now? That's what I was going to say too. Like, <laughs> okay, if you gain a bit of weight and what? Like, we are not we are not pushers of not dieting or of dieting, of weight loss, of weight gain in any sense. But it's like, what if, what if gaining a bit of weight led to better performance, better health, better mood, um, better hunger regulation, better health? Would be would gain weight? still be a negative to you and if it would be why would it be and look at that because why like that would suggest that you're putting scale weight above every other facet that's an indication of your health and performance um i think training wise if you are having a break then maybe look at it in what else can you what else can you do in that time that you might not normally have time for so what maybe that's meeting up with friends a little bit more often or a bit more self-care that sort of thing like there's lots of things you can gain during this time so that much. are going to be beneficial for you so much like Louie used to say I can't remember what it was but it was something like there's an opportunity like look for the opportunity in this like what's the opportunity of that time like is it to sleep more or like you said do something different and people as well always underestimate like I think people underestimate the energy expended expended during training, but also the fact that you've got more energy outside of training means your neat levels are probably going to go up as well. Plus the fact that you might be doing something different whilst you're not training is still exercise, uh, is still energy expenditure. I think the, I think the problem with like Fitbits and stuff like that, or any activity monitor is that people think of those numbers as absolute numbers and they're really not. Like they vary so much that. I think that's where some of the problem comes from, like those absolute quantification from those watches and things like that. I always remember one of your posts 
years ago um, when everyone was doing like training and rest day splits with calories and your post was like yeah but what are you doing on a rest day oh, I are you like walking to the shops are you cleaning hoovering that sort of thing like you said it's all going to contribute to overall expenditure yeah yeah absolutely um and if you genuinely genuinely think it's really important to not gain weight um just see what happens over time because like you said there's so many other things you could be doing it probably won't make much of a difference if it did and you did gain a bit of weight then you can lose it again if it's really the worst thing for for you to happen it's not your body weight is going to fluctuate day to day week to week month to month in general everyone's body fluctuates i think one of the best things as people that we can accept is that our bodies are going to change since since you and i have known each other i would say i mean i've never weighed myself since you and i have known each other but i could guarantee that my weight's gone up and down by at least five kilos either direction but it's never been something that we've spoken about it's never been something that i mean you might have noticed it but it's not i've never thought about you noticing it no 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 (laughs) i don't think i think I think the first maybe it was the last time you dieted when you went to Cali for that long summer oh yeah and that's the only time that I've known you look any different or noticed a, yeah and in that time I've had some mass hormonal perturbations I've had a holiday all of these things and my body weight's changed a lot my body from what I know I mean I didn't weigh like I said but I know that it did but same for you your body fluctuated up and down and you spoke to me once about it when it when it fluctuated once but that's it's net it's not an issue it's just a natural byproduct of life and things happen in life and your body goes weight goes up and then other times it goes back down and it's not an end point like people are trying to find this not this person but often people are trying to find like this end point of I'm going to reach this end point of body weight and then that's going to be me what for the whole rest of your life like good luck it's not it's not natural our natural it's our natural state to gain and lose weight all the time fluctuate up and down but I don't mean like weight cycling up and down 10 20 kilos but a natural fluctuation of like five kilos or whatever is really normal um no don't weigh ourselves (laughs) oh yeah i know i know emma asked me that today actually we were talking about something else and she said like she said something about my weight and i said i actually don't know and she said she said to be honest i wouldn't even know what that would mean for you like even though she knows she's a coach she knows my body weight my body height and all this stuff and she was like i wouldn't know because i don't know what your normal weight would be i was like yeah because it's so so relative to everyone um okay great questions everyone keep them coming have a lovely evening goodbye bye